Yes, people, it's episode 223 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, oh my god, I think I'm about to burp into the microphone. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, yeah, I just did that. I am really sorry. <laughs> you know, when the wind gets trapped, and like a baby, I couldn't get rid of it. Um, it's disgusting. I don't know. We don't start the pod like this. Start again. We're not pressing start again. We're just going to act like that didn't happen. Hey, people, it's episode two, so you of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Are you well? Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, well, how's this week been? Um, I guess I've still got the bitter taste of Tottenham Hotspur in my mouth. Uh, I was hoping that we'd go on like a late top four charge. It seemed improbable. I know some of you listening to this going, you delusional. How are Tottenham going to finish top four? Here was my plan. Uh, Tottenham going to win all four of the uh, remaining games, um, which are against, uh, would have been Leeds, uh, Wolves, Aston Villa and Leicester. Um, we'd have gone and Leicester. My plan was Chelsea would just win their games and Chelsea have to play Leicester. So Leicester would have dropped points there. Leicester dropped points against Newcastle earlier on the week. And the Spurs have to play Leicester last game of the season, meaning we would overtake Leicester to take the fourth place. I predicted that West Ham would drop points. Uh, they did. They lost today. And uh, Liverpool, just because their home form so bad, I was hoping that they just wouldn't pick up. I forgot about Liverpool, my calculations. Um, but I was... I think there was still hope. Then we lost to Leeds, and I was like, "It's done. <laughs> it was, it was done." I wanted my friend to to believe that we could do it, so he would feel just as disappointed as I did in our defeat to Leeds yesterday. But uh, he refused to believe, so he was a bit less disappointed than I was. But we were rubbish. I still um, still have a nagging fear that Arsenal will still finish above Tottenham somehow. Um. But, I, I don't know. I think both teams just managed to out-shit each other season on season. Except for Arsenal still managed to win some trophies. But, no. Just so much dead wood at Tottenham. But this ain't a football podcast. I don't want to just sit here moaning about Spurs. Wait, I'm looking out my window. I'm just... I need to put my glasses on. I'm just clocked something in the distance. Like a... Oh, that's all it is. See how blind I am? It's literally just a street light, but it it just seemed really tall. I thought it was further away in the distance, making it taller, uh, but it's actually much closer than I thought it was. Uh, okay, no, there you go. That's that's that drama over. I was about to you know make a feature of Darren investigates, and you would find out that I spot this lamp post in the distance, and then uh, the next uh, next week I'd say that I've gone to visit it and found out what it was. But um, I've I've cracked the mystery. Very early, um, so no need to call Taggart. No, this detective sorted that out right away. Um, right, what has been going on this week? I am waffling. Um, what has been going on this week? I have done nothing this week. Like I said, I got back on it in the sense of comedy, this booking gig. So, gigs all booked for when we return um, to the stage. Also, I should be a guest on a podcast this week. Um, on a whole lot of uh, comedy. Um, that is what it's called. Jeez, I've just said it, and now, now it's come out of my mouth. I'm just got zero confidence in <laughs> what I just said. I was like, "Is a whole lot of comedy." It, I'm pretty sure it's a whole lot of comedy. Let's see, let's see. Elaine, Elaine, Elaine Blackmore. Um, 
Yeah, a whole lot of comedy. I knew it was. No, I got it right. So, yeah, so I'll be on the whole lot of comedy podcast um, with Elaine. I, yeah, every podcast I, I, I'm a guest on, uh, I always listen to other uh, episodes and stuff. And um, obviously, she interviews comedians. I went for the comedians that I'm friends with, the ones that I like. But I also went for another comedian because people, there's another comedian out there, right? Who uh, I'd, I'd heard about this guy. But, um, because someone sent me a video of his a few, (laughs) like, months ago and stuff, where um, my friend Jay runs a gig in Birmingham and he goes, Darren, I've just discovered something amazing. A guy's just uh, applied for a gig and his name is Darren Griffiths, spelled with an E, E E-N. But obviously with my name spelled A-N, a lot of people misspell my name. And, um... And so I thought, let me listen to him, because I've never met this guy. I've seen one video of him. I'm not judging a comedian on one video. Um, but it's hilarious. So how, how my arrogant brain initially uh, processed that video was, because he worked, I, I don't know if he, I think he just uploaded his video because it, it was just a laugh. He didn't really care about <laughs> what was in it. And I was like, this guy, he's no good. And he's... He's probably out here ruining my name. And then I realised I don't have a name. <laughs> I don't have a name to ruin. So, um, and then I thought, hey, shit, I might have taken some of his gigs. He might have taken some of my gigs. Um, and I've realised that as that has probably happened. I know it's happened. Uh, I've taken, not, not so much taken some of his gigs, but people connected with me after meeting him. Because he doesn't have his name as Darren Griffiths on social media. So I think they obviously search Darren Griffiths, see Darren Griffiths, see a black face. Because he is also black, which is annoying. Um, we don't look alike, though. But to the common white man, we might look alike. Uh, but to uh, a white man that's ever seen two black people before, no, we, we don't. And he... Um, he um, yeah, so I think I feel like Elaine, who whose um, podcast I'm going to be on, when I was first asked to be on one of her shows, she spoke to me for familiarity that made me think you think I'm someone else. But I was free on the day. She's like, "Oh, are you free to do this gig?" And I was like, um, "Yeah, I'll, I'll come down." And then when I saw that this guy featured on her podcast, I was like, "Okay, she hasn't forgotten him, but she's never." admitted or come clean that uh that you know <laughs> that she spoke to me thinking i was the other darren griffiths now i'm gonna i'm going to put her on the spot on her podcast to see if that's true because she spoke to me for familiarity and then when i got there she definitely spoke to me like i was me like me darren griffiths not the other one so i think maybe at some point in between Initial contact and messaging me, she's worked out, oh, it's a different Darren Griffiths, but I want to book this Darren Griffiths anyway, so this is fine. But the other Darren Griffiths, he's, he goes by the name of Griff as well, why wouldn't you? Um, but that's, I think that's more of his stage name. So I literally was spending uh, part of this weekend thinking, oh, do I change my name? Uh, like, do I change my name? And I was like, well, my website is darrengriffiths.com. Um, I my podcast is Griff Brain Dump. I mean, podcast is easy enough to change. People would find it easily. Um, and I was thinking, but what would I change it to? I couldn't just 
I can't just change a whole new, I can't just make a whole new name. Because that's what I would have done. That's In hindsight, if I could do a do-over, I would have had a different name as a stage name. But I remember the reason why I didn't. Uh, one, because I thought after one gig um, and being on stage, it's Darren Griffiths. I thought it's too late. I can't change it now because, you know, <laughs> what if Netflix see me on my very first gig? They won't know it's the same guy. That was the delusion of being a new comedian. I've done three gigs. My name's established now. I can't possibly change it. Everyone, no one will know who I was. Um, I could literally change it now and it would make not a ripple. But I thought, oh, I don't, don't want to change my name. Um, that's it. But I, if I started again, I would have had a, a stage name. And the reason I, I remember, one of the reasons why I didn't have a different name is because I wanted to be accountable for the things I said. I know what it's like to just even have a different name um, as a Facebook profile. And some of the stuff I used to say when I had a, when I had a, a burner or a ghost page, a clone account, you should say. Um, I used to say some flagrant things in, in, in Facebook groups. And I thought, if I remain as Darren Griffiths, then I can't get too flagrant. And granted... The comedy does come from the flagrancy. The funniest things are said in flagrancy. But while you're still maintaining a life um, with a nine-to-five job and professional job and you have responsibilities, if you go super flagrant and it doesn't work out and then the two profiles get connected, the people go, oh, so on the 6th of December, you said... <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I was only joking. But the thing I said is too wild to even defend. It's like, then I'm left stuck. So I always wait if I have the same name, even if people do discover me, discover like from my professional life, they see the comedy or vice versa. Because I know the two personalities are the same, I can't go too wild with the comedy. I could, I say wild enough stuff, but I always try to make sure it's it's defendable. Um, and it makes me think about my jokes more. So... With that being said, I guess that's the reason why I didn't change my name. Um, but yeah, but I was literally this week going, oh, what if I change my name? But what would I change it to? I wouldn't want to change it to something massively different. Just something that's different to his. So people could literally go, okay, that's one guy and that's another guy. But currently, there's still two Daryl Griffiths on the circuit. And neither of us are massively famous. Um to kill the other one's name off or the other person just has to change the name or it's even a joke that they can say that they've got the same name as that person um so yeah what do you do what do you do people what do you do um what, what do you recommend what what name could i change my name to um go for like a warren g type thing just darren g um but then I like Griff. I like, I like Griff being about. I like, I like Griff being a part of the, the name. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Well, what, what do you do? Um, just literally trying to think of a different name on the spot. Can't. I'd have to just. I'd have to just make a completely different name. What name would I go for though? I mean, just go for just a woman's name, just so it's a talking point. Not even, a, not even a gender neutral name, full woman's name, just Susan. Susan Jeffries. But you can call me, my mates call me SJ, but Susan to my mum. 
it's like sort of people just off guard. It's like Susan. They see it on flyers and stuff like Susan. That's a typo. It's like, no, no, that's my name, Susan. That's my name. People just feel awkward around me. That my name's Susan. Like, does he identify as a woman? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm a man, my, and my name is Susan. <laughs> I know. But yeah, but I'm going to be on um, Hold On Comedy Podcast uh, this week. So that should be fun. Um, so what else have I done this week? Uh, how arranged for rubbish to be collected from the flat, um, which was fun. Because as of yesterday, the cheapest quote I got was £120, including VAT, um, was, was quoted to me. Um, to collect rubbish, and it wasn't much rubbish. It's literally a chest of drawers, a wardrobe, a headboard, a side table, um, some paint, some flooring, and yeah, that's it. And there's a few other little bits, like a wall bracket and stuff. Oh, some bathroom tiles, um, kitchen tiles, sorry, just little white tiles. Anyway. Doesn't actually matter which room the tiles are for. They're tiles for walls, and um, yeah, the quote is hundred twenty pounds. And you know, like you've got no bearing how much something should cost, but instinctively in your gut, you're like, that's too much, or that's more than I wanted to pay. I didn't think that's the amount I should pay. And then next, so I woke up this morning, and I've got two more quotes: hundred twenty, hundred twenty. Someone gave me hundred twenty, but I could use a ten pound. I could use a a discount code that gave me ten percent off. At checkout, and I was like, "Nah!" And I've literally sent these people pictures of the, of the, of the junk, and they're still going 120. I'm like, mm. "So 108 was the cheapest I got." And then, from left field, someone came and said, "Bam!" We'll do it for 60. I was like, "Yes!" The English was broken. English was broken. I was like, "Beautiful." You guys, cash as well. Don't I don't want? No, I'm not. Don't I'm not giving you bank details. Cash. I was like, yeah, I, I don't need any remedy for this service. I don't need. I'm not going to be taken to any ombudsman. He didn't collect my junk properly. Like no, like this is a pure cash in hand job. Yeah, and this job that I simply couldn't do myself because I don't own a van. If I had a van, I wouldn't be paying anyone for it. And uh, so he came with a sixty quid. And I was like, mm, cool, it's yours. Then this other guy came with 80. He goes, well, 70, 80 quid. And I was like, sorry, mate, someone's quoted 60. But as the guy says 78, he goes, but I can only do it between 1 and 3 o'clock today. And I was like, mm. sorry, mate, you're trying to put time pressure on me and you're not with the cheapest. And I told him, now nah, someone's quoted 60. And he came back, bang, I'll do it for 50. And I was like, Jesus. And then my heart just sank because I, I, I almost paid 120 quid last night because I just wanted it done. So I had to hurry up and get it done. So I just spent just a few more hours shipping away, haggling, searching around, and I got it done for 50. I said to the other guy who quoted 60, hey man, I've got someone who came in and said they'll do it for 50. He hasn't even come back to me. He probably just kissed his teeth and went, nah, cannot do it for that much. No, do it for that, no. No, too cheap for me. And I was like, well, fair enough, man. Um, see, here's the thing. That's why that accent wasn't racist. Because I didn't say which country this person was from. All I said was in the message, <laughs> the English was broken. And and he and he works for cheap. You've added 
the other things in your head. The racism, the xenophobes have in your head. But that's how I read his messages. No, do it for 60. Do it cheap for me. No 50. I'm no 50. Bye. And so my man came and did it for 50. And uh, yeah, so got rid of that rush for 50 quid. But yeah, my heart sat there. Almost paid 120 quid. Over double. And for what? For what? Like, uh, I don't know. I was. So this is what it is with this out in this world, people, and the home improvement world. Some jobs you do yourself and jobs you can't do, you get someone else to do it and you haggle. You haggle. We had someone uh, paint the flat as well um, who did an exceptional job. This thing, when people do a really good job, like you want to, it's like there's never enough you can do, right? Like you leave a review, it's like, oh, I want to do more than a review. It's like, pay them more? It's like, no, I don't want to do that much. Um, but you want to leave a good review, but you almost want to do something more. Like you almost want to guarantee them another job. That like you want to refer them. Uh, but this guy, so if anyone needs any painting done, yeah, uh, in like the Hertfordshire, North London area, holler at me because this guy came in, did the job, just wicked. Just like, just did a great job. So I'd like to just refer him and give him some work. Um, but when someone does a shit job, again, there's just not enough. Like when you don't get the service you want, yeah, you could get money off, but at the end of the day, it's not the thing you wanted, right? Like we ordered some food from our local Perry Perry uh, place, and they forgot the chips in my meal. Now, on Justy, you can say just the chips are missing. That I would have got because we ordered separate fries as well, so we would have got like three pound fifty, or I could say that my meal was ruined, which was nine pounds. I said my meal was ruined because the cost, the three pound fifty cost, wasn't enough. Yeah, it, that wasn't enough um, compensation for how my meal was ruined because I didn't have to share the one portion of chips with my wife, and I didn't want to do that. Um, no, I did. If they were my chips, I didn't want to share them with her. If they were her chips, I didn't want to take half away from her. But we shared them because I guess we're mature. But it pained me and I so when I went to Justy I was like hey it wasn't the chips that was missing it was my whole meal that was missing so I've got my nine pound back yeah because that that's what hurt you hurt my meal and so he said when when the service isn't right like just getting money back this isn't enough like you do always feel like you want more but if the service is not not to standard it's actually shit and when they try to offer you freeness as well, they say, I don't want any more of your crap service. Have you ever had that? Like you've stayed at a hotel and it's been really rubbish. And they go, it's okay, uh, we can offer you like another three nights. And he's like, uh, bruv, my flight is tomorrow. I can't stay for another three nights, that's not helpful. Well, how about um, we give you a voucher and you can redeem it anytime in the next 48 months. He's like, I am not coming back here. Okay, we can give you some money back. It's like, I don't want... Uh, you can give me the money back, but my room had no bed. It's like, it's not good enough. Like, I, I need more. I need more. Give it more, please. So, um, yeah, so when the service isn't servicing, when the goods aren't good in, and they try to... It's just, it's not good enough. So I don't know what you could do. And sometimes like, when the service is, if the service is crap and you also get like a bit of ag, a bit of attitude, a bit of chewed from the customer service, you're almost like, Do I, want, I want your business to end. I want your whole business to end. But then I have to remember that it's like some 
minimum wage employee on the other end of the phone who's probably been shat on by the deputy assistant manager. You know what I mean? A deputy assistant manager who this guy could absolutely weigh in if it was just a street fight. But because he's the deputy assistant manager, he can't punch him in the face. And then he gets a phone call from me moaning about something. Then he ain't going to give me the right the right attitude. He's had enough. So I'm like, I don't want that guy to get sacked. Maybe I do want to push that guy to the edge so he punches the deputy assistant manager in the face. Though. But then we could all win. Then it's win-win. It's win-win for everyone. But my, um, <laughs> what else have I done this week? Uh, nothing. Um, done in the news. Um, I know that yeah, I've been so light touched with the news, right? I know that like some Palestinian towns getting ransacked and they're getting evacuated by Israeli uh, soldiers and stuff. The Israel Palestine thing is crazy, right? And like when 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 are they gonna sort that out? When are they gonna sort it out? Like I don't even know what where you start with that. I think because when you have a conflict like that, because people so there's so many. Uh, there's so many other parties involved. I think sometimes we forget that uh, that Israel are as much of a victim as the other countries in the Middle East when it comes to proxy warfare from external parties. You know, they saw like how Syria, um, uh, that Syrian civil war. There's four different teams in that civil war. You had ISIS. Then you had the actual current government, you had the opposition, and you had like the Kurdish forces. You had four different four different uh, teams, all just battling each other, siding on some battles and opposite teams and other battles. And you saw who was the backers of those. And you'd see that it's like you'd have, for example, like uh, you'd have Russia backing the current government and the US backing. Uh, back in the opposition but then they're both on the same team when it comes to fighting ISIS but they're they're against each other so then that one of them will be back in Turkey but the other one will be back in uh, Jordan it's like geez it's like it's just a mess over there and it's the same with Israel and Palestine as well you know um you'd you 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 know that that instability in um, smaller, weaker countries persists because it benefits a bigger country outside. Yeah. And I think, and I, I would admit myself that I've, I've fallen victim of propaganda on both sides when it comes to the Israel-Palestine thing. You know, you, you grow up and you, you grow up and you say you can't say anything bad about Israel and the Holocaust is the worst that's ever happened to Jewish to to, to humanity. Um, so you say stuff bad about Israel, you can't slightly say stuff bad about Jewish people. And <clears throat> so I was very entranced in that. Then I went completely the other way, and I was like, "Bon Israel," <laughs> and. And you, when you talk to more people, you realise it's a bit of a smokescreen. And people go, I have nothing against Jews. It's just Zionists I have a problem with. And it's just that. Uh, 
and like and it's believable with some people and then other people's like you just don't like juice come on <laughs> just just say it just just come on just say it um and yeah and you fall into all those tropes that jews are all rich and jews are all powerful and stuff and then um i can't remember which i don't know what book i read um and it just basically explains like how uh you know, just kind of the subtlety of anti-Semitism, the subtlety. Um, and it, I think in that book as well, they I think because they also said that, yes, there are lots of uh, Jewish people in high positions in in places. Um, he's like, because they conceded that, I was like, oh, OK, well, I'll, I'll listen to the rest of this book. Maybe that was a tactic to trick me. I don't know. But I read the rest of the book, and I, saw, and I need to find out what book it was. I can't remember. It might have been the Malcolm Gladwell book. But from when I read that, I was like, mm, yeah, it's true, actually. I can understand why Jewish people are so sensitive about certain things. And then I, you shouldn't liken struggles, but I think it is a good way of understanding struggles in the sense of... But... I, I understood this in the sense the subtleties in anti-Semitism that me as someone who's not Jewish may not pick up on is similar to the subtleties in racism that someone who's not black doesn't pick up on and you just like mm, right I see I see and then you do realise that okay yeah like when people bang on about Israel and their you know their, their uh, humanitarian um, what's the word travesties but that's the only country they bang on about in that region. And it's like, well, it's not like the Saudi government are, is is the most, you know, the most human, they're not winning any Nobel Peace Prizes. So there's a lot of countries in that area that are like, they're not really doing the best for their people. So why is it that we're now just locked into that one state? And that one state has one thing that's a bit different than the rest of the state. So then you realise, hmm, okay. So when so when I do see that you no know, Jewish people, so if you criticise Israel, it's anti it's anti-Semitic. Not necessarily. If you criticise Israel exclusively, then maybe if you criticise Israel and other countries for the same things. Then I don't think that's anti-Semitic. But um, so when it comes to Israel Palestine, I think it's very easy just to either fall on the side of poor Palestinians fuck Israel um, and then not actually try to see it from any other perspective and just kind of I just tried to just read around read around and you, and you do have to think that these countries that we are on the outside of they do have people inside these countries like not just the government you actually have people on the ground your everyday person does their 9 to 5 job and just gets on with their life um, so when you do say like F a country, you you might be in your mind thinking you're just talking about the politicians and you're talking about the the people who are making the, the nefarious moves and are ordering you know the military and stuff. But you also have to remember your the people here that aren't those people. The people who hear that are the person who grew up in that country or the person who's got an auntie or uncle who, who lives there. Um, a person who's been a victim of something from the other side. So I always try to try. I'm trying to talk more carefully when, um, especially when I'm talking about foreign 
conflicts that I don't actually know everything about. And um, so with the Israel-Palestine thing, like, I do look at it and I just think there must be a way of sorting it out where these Palestinians are not just getting smashed. <laughs> just smashed to pieces by Israel. Because from my outside perspective, it's like... Um, I used to do, we used to have this analogy at school where we tried to, we try and work out, we used to uh, define countries by how they act um, as people in, as, as school children. So for example, we'd say like Britain is, uh, like Britain, France, um, Spain, Portugal, they're like, the, they're the cool kids and they're the, they're the rich kids, yeah? Like their, their family's got money. You know, the big house, they kind of, yeah, they, they, they kind of dictate how things go in the classroom and in the playground. They're, they're cool kids, yeah, they've got the money, they have the parties, whatever. Uh, but America um, is is much stronger. He's actually like a hench. And because of that, everyone kind of listens to what America says. Because he could just fuck everyone up. And everyone used to remember back in primary school when, um, when like, the UK used to be the man. But now everyone's like, now America's the man now. And everyone kind of sides with America. To their face. You know, when America's not in, everyone in the class was like, America's a dickhead, you know. I hate that guy. Now, America's beefing with Russia and China. Um, they've all kind of bits... They're a bit loners. You know, China and Russia... But those that Russia has a crew of people, um, you know, who used to roll with him, but they, they're not that cool anymore. Uh, they watch how Russia fucks up his mate Ukraine all the time, so then the other ones kind of just fall in line a bit. Just like, yeah, man, we used to, we're cousins, like, we're family, but we don't really get on. But what are we gonna do, man? Russia's gonna fuck us up. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about it, so we're just going to side with Russia. Germany used to be a real dickhead, but has just been feeling bad ever since. He just gets his head down, just gets on with work, just producing just results. Um, doesn't get too aggressive, because everyone goes, hey, you remember what happened when you got too aggressive? He's like, sorry, hands up, sorry. So when it came to the Middle East now, where he's like this different part of the classroom where um, all the kids hang out with each other. All the Muslim kids, <laughs> all the Arab kids, they all hang out with each other, and uh, and they, they like they no one remembers, but uh, they but like ages ago, like when the school first started, there was this kid called Israel. Like Israel's great 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 granddad used to go to school, and he said, "Hey, that chair there is." A special chair and my descendants always need to sit in that chair and as time went on people was like okay that's a bit wild you can't just declare that um although that is how countries are built people just say this is our land and this is ours now um and over time uh kid called palestine just end up sat there in the chair and then one day after um germany Kicked the shit out of, out of this this kid, and I was like, "That's it, Jared, you're in detention. All right, get out." 
your intention not to be involved in anything. It's like, okay, so where are we going to sit this kid? We just, he just fucked up in the other classroom. It's like, well, we just sit him there. And Palestine's like, what? I, hold on, this is my chair. They're like, hmm. Well, that's the only chair that's spare. And Palestine's like, ah, it's not spare. I've sat there. It's like, well, we've got a letter here, apparently, that his granddad said he wanted that chair forever. So, yeah, you can't, that, that doesn't count for shit. It's like, well, you've got to share that chair. And what ended up happening was those kids sat in that same chair with the same size. And then Israel started just eating more and more. And America kept on giving them food. They just got so big that where they spent to share the chair, Palestine doesn't really get to sit on the chair that much more. <laughs> and that's how I understand global politics uh, like that. Um, African, all the African students, their their chairs have been stolen. They're just asking for the chairs back, and while they don't have any chairs, the other kids laugh at them not having any chairs. But it's like, you've got our chairs. Can we? We literally made the chairs. You're sat on. We want our chair back. It's like no. All right, listen, you can have the chair, but I own the chair, and I can take it from you at any moment. So um, yeah. That's how I understand global politics. I think I've made it really clear. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Um, but what the point I was making though with Israel and Palestine is that I just don't. Um, I don't know how you resolve that. I don't know where you begin. I think it's one of those ones where you need um, you need trust, and trust is hard between just two people, let alone thousands of people. People are hurt. It's one thing me being this worldly person who hasn't been affected by this conflict at all so yeah they just need to sit down on the table and just go look guys let's just make one united state because I, I don't think they can split the states there's just two state solutions are going to work because where they all live doesn't make sense these are just one state yeah um and have a mixed government um just have some palestinians in, in the government have some Israelis in the government and just mix it up. Change the flag. You have to have, a, have have both of the things on the flag. Maybe just have two flags. Maybe have one plain flag with two flags on the flag. And and that and that's their new flag. That's what I would do. And then just open it all up and everyone just, just cracks on. Eat. Jews can live wherever they want. Palestinian Arabs can live wherever they want. The Druze. Is it Druze? Druze. Christians, agnostics, atheists. Everyone just live wherever they want. Um, that's it. And then you can just have, have your, um, your violence and racism internal. And just systemic instead. Like a proper developed country. <laughs> um, anyway. Right. I've. I don't think I've got anything else to talk about. I don't think I've done anything else this week. What else did I pick up in the news um, or on social media? Um, I know that some... My wife said a, a black boy got abducted again. Or maybe an attempted abduction in Croydon. It's like the third one she says she's read about. Where it's literally a van abduction. Just van pulling up. Just grabbing young black kids off the street. It just seems wild that... If that is the case, it hasn't been on the news. Um, 
my wife's a smart person, so I, I trust her reading interpretation. I haven't read up on it. Um, so that seems wild that that's not making the news, but also not wild. Um, what else? I uh, saw some video on YouTube called Blue Therapy. These two couples, two black couples, go through therapy, and it was just... Uh, it was funny, but some of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, just... It's like to go to benefit from therapy, you've got to want to go therapy or be open to it. If you're not open to going therapy, then just don't go, just wasting everyone's time, wasting everyone's money. This guy was on there, this guy in a suit, um, and the way he was just gunning the, the therapist, like the way she kept calm, it was just hilarious. But he just he must have realized he was making himself look like a prick. It was really funny to watch, but then he's not my man, so you know. If he if he was my friend, I probably would have told him. Yeah, you came across looking like a dick on TV or on the internet. I didn't even read the comments. I need to read the comments. I'm pretty sure people, but it's just going to be. It's not going to be anyone that I don't expect to think he's a dick. Think he's a dick. He's black woman, black guy. So it's going to be black women saying he's a dick. I'm not saying they're wrong. They're right. I agree. But that's not anything new. I'd be interested to see if there was like black guys also watching it and going, this guy's a dick. We'll see though. We'll see. It's young people. Always forget that as well. A lot of these people on the internet that have loud voices, they're like 21, 22. They're, they, they ain't lived life. I haven't even lived life. I'm 33 and I don't even know anything about life. So I don't know why we're listening to these 21 year olds talk about how much money you need to earn when I know these people don't have enough proper jobs. So, what are we listening? What are we listening to them for? Let's stop listening to these kids. <laughs> anyway, right, let's get on to um, Dear Deirdre. Uh, dear Deirdre. Uh, dear Deirdre. Um, right. Oh, jeez. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Dear Deirdre, my boyfriend cheated on me with my sister and I can't face seeing either of them. Ooh, dear Deirdre, I always felt like the ugly sister. And since my boyfriend cheated on me with my little sister, I feel like the stupid one too. I can imagine. I'm 28, he's 29 and my sister's 26. Is it worse for someone to cheat with your younger sibling or your older sibling? Obviously, it makes no difference. You're going to be heartbroken either way. But I think there's something worse about your younger sibling. The older sibling is meant to be better than you. You know? The older sibling is meant to be doing better than you. So if you'd like my older sibling, I kind of get he's He's kind of like a better version of me. That's what it's meant to, that's, that's what it's meant to be in life, right? He's more mature, he should have more money, you know, all that stuff. Whereas your young, younger siblings, like, why, why them? They're an idiot. <laughs> Let's see. Dear, dear, dear. Um, so, yeah, so he's 28. So, I'm 28, he's 29, my sister is 26. At Easter, she came over and the evening turned into a really boozy one. Okay. I went to bed earlier than them, as I knew I would be up in... And so I knew I'd be up in the night with our daughter. Ah, there's a kid involved. Oh, no. She is three years old and is not a good sleeper. The next morning, he was a mess 
and my sister had gone. I could see something was wrong with him. Uh oh. He froze when I tried to cuddle him and was really withdrawn. Eesh. Dirty. Just muy muy um that evening while watching telly I demanded to know what happened. He said he couldn't remember much but knew but knew they gave each other oral sex there on that very sofa. Jesus You can't like What? They they definitely had sex. How do you just settle with oral? <laughs> Wild behaviour. He was crying and repeating how sorry he was. He insisted it happened only because he'd been drinking heavily, not because he fancied my sister. Okay, mate. Okay, mate. <laughs> We've been together for six years. I love him. I thought I could trust him. But he struggles with drink and drugs. He begged me to forgive him and said it was only me he wanted to be with. I'm not ready to forgive him, so we're taking a break. I'd like to sort this out and rebuild our relationship, but I feel so low. I look in the mirror and see someone fat and ugly, and it makes you wonder how he could possibly want to be with me. My sister lives just around the corner from me, and I haven't been able to face seeing her either since all this. How can I give him another chance after cheating with my own sister? Um, yeah, listen, in a strange way, Here's your, here's your outcomes. You either forgive him and uh, you're going to feel like a mug for forgiving him um, and you're going to be rattled with uh, worry and suspicion anytime they do anything together. It could even be your birthday. It could be your 30th birthday and they've planned it together for you and then you realise, shit, it's the nicest birthday. It's exactly what I wanted, but they had to spend time together to plan this. What if they were banging or giving each other oral sex on sofas? That is option A. You have a life of that but he's your man or it's option B that you kick him to the curb now and he gets with your sister and he's in your life and plus he's going to be in your life anyway because you've got a three year old daughter with him so he's going to be coming around doing weekend dad with his new girlfriend aka your sister and um, your parents are going to hate your sister hate him um, but they're going to have a kid together and they're going to have cousin brothers and the grandparents will want to see their grandkids. So he, then he's going to be around and then they go, you got to let them grow up together, their cousin brothers. And then you have to watch this. So those two options. Option A, keep him to yourself, although he may be still cheating on you. Or option B, let him go, but it will definitely be in your life with your sister. It's just putting that, put it out there how it's going to, uh, it's just going to pan out. Just how it's going to pan out. Um, there you go. Dear, dear Dre, what's the next one? Um, come on, come on. Family fun sponge. I'm, I am branded a warrior if I say anything to my family that isn't positive. Uh, they deem you as Buzz Killington, but you're just like. Mrs. Pragmatic. This is thing though. Are you warrior? Are you you because it does say anything positive? I wonder what, what I wonder what you're actually saying though. Because you know some people are just are unhealthily positive. You know what I mean? Like they could be suffering an absolute like an alligator attack. And like, it's okay guys. If I just believe, I just manifest my leg out of the alligator's mouth. It's like you need to kick the alligator. Do you know what I mean? You are, or just like, you know, if I just manifest and believe, 
If I just rub my crystals, I'll be fine. Is that you are in 40 grand debt and they want the money next week. It's okay. Just do positive, guys. Just believe because everything works out. It's like, no, you need to take control of your life. Anyway, so are you that, you know, is it that your family's that super positive? Or is it they say something like, you know, uh, it's not the worst thing. That someone crashed into your car. You've got insurance, right? And you're like, no, it's over. I'll never drive my car again. Is I, I don't know. Anyway, dear Deirdre, I'm branded a warrior if I say anything to my family that isn't positive. I get a lecture from them, but I think they have a point. Ooh, even though I'm healthy, I have a wonderful family, a lovely home, and no real concerns, I do get bogged down in matters. Right, interesting. My husband wishes I could be the carefree person I was when we met, but we had no when we had no responsibilities. I suffered with depression a few years ago and medication quickly helped me to feel the best I've ever been as an adult. I took it for almost a year. I wish I could stay on it forever as he's, as it stops me worrying. I'm 61 and my husband is 65. Okay, so you've obviously got some kind of like hormone um what's the word like a chemical imbalance going on because obviously the drugs helped which makes you think that you know there's a chemical imbalance which why, why can't you carry on taking the the drugs i mean i don't advocate for drugs but it, it seems pretty cut and dry that you do better on the medications sometimes if you're ill you need medication right if you have diabetes you take your is it metformin you take your metformin and uh, you just, just crack on. You don't eat the cakes, you take your metformin and you carry on. So I imagine, I would have thought with depression, you um, you, you go to your counselling sessions and stuff, but you, you still have to take your medication because if it's the chemicals that are off, then chemicals are off. Maybe like wean you off a bit, I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm talking like I know. But that's what I would do, Dr. Darren Griffiths, uh, unlicensed psychiatrist. I have no right to be prescribing drugs or giving advice, but please sit down. I charge you £400 an hour. But um, let's see. Yeah, um, that does seem sad. It seems like you've actually just got real depression. I was, I was hoping it's going to be something more fun, but you just got real depression. Um, okay, this next one Control Freak. Uh, my ex-girlfriend was lovely when I met her, but has turned into a scary control freak because she's your ex-girlfriend. Is that's not weird? Is 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 the usual thing that ex-girlfriends are worse than girlfriends? Um, same as ex-boyfriends are worse than boyfriends. It is it's what tends to happen, right? Um, especially at that initial breakup stage, where you've handed in your notice. I mean, once it's over and you've moved on, then you might look back and remember some fondness. That's always the funny thing with, with memories. I wonder how other people's memories work. Do you look back at old relationships with any kind of... Do you remember the good times or do you just remember the bad times or do you remember both and you just learn your lessons? But like I've always tried to maintain a thing of remembering kind of both. Like it wasn't all bad, it wasn't all good. That's just how relationships are. Like... I was always conscious that when I was single, that when I was obviously dating, when I talk about exes, I always found that as like a kind of a red flag. If someone talks about the ex and it's like they've got so much passion about their ex, that to me that felt like, oh, you're you're invested still. Whether you're saying good or bad, you're invested. Um, 
you know what I mean? Like, I, I always like to hear a woman talk about their ex with mm. a bit of balance. And yeah, didn't work out. But here's my part in it not working out. Well, when someone's just like, he's a dick, he did that, he did this, he's an arsehole, da 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 da, uh, I hate him, seriously, if I saw him today, I'd throw my drink in it. It's like, okay, you're, you're, you're not over him. Why are we here? Why are we here? So, yeah, you just want to see a bit of balance. Like, yeah, no, it's a shame, actually, because he was a nice guy, but he just, he was just a bit insecure about these things, or, you know, he acted a bit of a, an arsehole like that. But to be fair, I, I was young, and, you know, I just don't think we were pretty, really that well suited, because I, I had my issues with this and this, and just like, oh, okay, to me, that that's a reasonable, balanced person. We can have a second date. Because I like hearing about exes on first dates. Nah, maybe not first. It comes up naturally. But usually what it is, what it used to be would be the woman putting it on me on a date. Because women always want to know why a man's single. Especially if the man's a good man. See, men don't care. That's what I find funny. Men don't... Men sit opposite a woman they're on a date with. And they just enjoy the fact they're on a date with this woman that they like. Woman's sat there with a guy that she likes. She's trying to work out, hmm, is this guy married? <laughs> he seems like a good guy. He seems like marriage material. That's probably because he's already married. So, why why are you single? Hmm, got any kids? No. Hmm, okay. It's like, you say saying okay that you don't believe me. What's going on? Um, yeah. God, I still hear that shit anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, control freak. So, my ex-girlfriend was lovely when I met her, but it's turned into a scary control freak. Dear Deirdre, my ex-girlfriend was lovely when I met her, but over time she turned to a scary control freak. Yep, uh, we met while walking our dogs. We got on famously. So after meeting for long walks for months, we began dating. She was very caring then. Okay. Um, I'm 41. She's 43. And we're both divorced. I rented out my house and moved into hers. But the cracks soon began to show. Dun, dun, dun. She claimed to be house proud, but was off the scale. I was constantly berated for not doing things her way. Yeah. It became um, obvious she had OCD. Everything had a particular place. She would rage and lose control if I tried talking about this. Yeah, that's just mad. I moved back to my house with no confidence and a broken spirit. Oh my. Is everything okay, hon? Um, she calls occasionally and we speak on friendly terms. We've even met for a few walks. Do I stay as a friend or cut off all ties? What? You said my ex-girlfriend was lovely when I met her, but has turned into a scary control. You, I thought she was going like a, be a weird ex-stalker. No, you just stay friends. You're clearly not compatible. Why are you even asking this question? Well, I don't know. What, what magic did she do with her mouth that you're now going, oh, maybe I should get back with her? No, just just be friends. Just walk your dogs. It didn't work out. Just never go into her house because she's nuts. And just... And then when she finds a new guy, just drift off. Um, if you think, what you want to do, you want to make up with a new woman, though. Make up a new woman, just see how she reacts. If she acts crazy, um, then, you know, you need to cut her off before you get an actual new woman. Because you don't want her to, like, stab her to death. So you you make up a new woman, test the waters, see if she's cool with that, and then you can remain friends. And then you could probably just, you probably, depending on how serious it gets this woman, then you slowly just drift away from her anyway, because she's your ex. Um, yeah. 
that's it. I guess that's the end of the pod. Um, that's it. I'll be on a whole little comedy podcast. Not sure when they release the podcast, but I know I'm recording it on Tuesday. Um, this is the penultimate week before we return on the stage. Yeah, it's not next week. The week after is when I will be setting foot on stage on Wednesday. Um, not sure where this gig is. I need to find out. But yeah, got to start saying funny things again. Jesus, I... I literally tried just running through some jokes just in my head in the kitchen the other day and I was like, what am I talking about? Just don't, that muscle has not been flexed at all. I mean, the pod helps a bit, but just, no. I can't tell jokes I was telling a year ago, two years ago. That sounds crazy because I tell jokes about my life and just, I feel like so much has happened since then. Like when I was last telling jokes, I didn't have a baby on the way. Now we do, so I can't just go back to just talk about the stuff like that. I've got to talk about this journey that we've been through. I've got to be making jokes and explaining that. So, um, it's going to be interesting. I wish it was a, a, a lower key gig that I was doing as my first gig back, because then I could just really work out some new stuff I'd like about 15-20 minutes just chatting nonsense getting no laughs but instead I'm going 15-20 minutes of chatting nonsense getting no laughs by in front of a paying crowd which is hot <laughs> we'll see hey I'm not paying I'm getting paid so that's all that matters anyway people that is the end of the pod it's an hour long of me nattering um yeah I don't know what else to say, really. Yeah, oh, that was it. If you've got any suggestions of what I could uh, change my name to, that still makes reference to my name. Um, I'll be all ears. I'll be all ears to any any kind of suggestion. Um, That's it, I probably will just stick to my name because I'm lazy. Can't bother to change anything. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Let's see. Maybe I'll put an initial in, like Samuel Jackson. I'm going to do something like that. Yeah. Or just oh, maybe just drop the first name. Just uh, like a D.L. Hughley. Go for that. Then everyone, yeah, everyone knows my first name. It's not a secret. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll go for. Yeah. But the thing is, what's annoying is my, uh, my middle initials, J. Um, which would make me DJ Griffiths. And there was like, oh, is he a DJ? And it's like, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a DJ. Let's, let's not do this. It's, uh, just, just, let's not. <laughs> so maybe that's what I'll go for. Maybe I'll do that. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, people, that is the end of the pod. Um, I am out of here. Peace.